What's up, everybody? Jared Syke Lawrence here, founder of ModernFlirting.com. And for episode 21 of the Modern Flirting Podcast, I am here with the one legendary VH1 Pickup Artist Show winner, Cosmo. What's up, Cosmo? What's up, brother? How are you? <laughs> good, good. Shine like the one, the legend, the great of Cosmo. <laughs> so, so for those who don't know, you know, you you came up on that show and you you knew nothing, and then through that time, you started learning the skills. You started actually like developing how to go approach and meet women. How bad really was it for you before the show? Like like how much of it was TV and how much of it was like you know you you kind of knew what you were doing. Like give, give us a give us a behind the scenes take on this. So for a whole year after the show was released, this is a question I got all the time. So the first question was, okay, stop lying to me. You really didn't have a problem with girls. Just tell me the truth. The show was a setup. Mm -hmm. And then the second question I got all the time was like, does this shit really work? Like, does it really work? Can you pick me up right now? So I wish in retrospect, Jared, that that show was rigged. I wish that it was fake. I wish that everything was (laughs) pre-planned. When I talked to a lot of my friends looking back, you know what, brother? I don't even think it should have been a reality show. I honestly think it should have been a documentary on HBO back in the days because that's what it was for me. It was a documentary. The cameras were about this big. So anytime we walked into a social gathering, it's not like, remember the show Real World and Road Rules back in the days? Okay, those guys can pick up girls for what reason? They're going into a bar and there's a huge camera right behind them with a light. You didn't get that. You're the hidden shit. You didn't get any help with that. Nothing. There was 18, 19, 20 little cameras about this big, all rigged up. Nobody had any idea. And just to spill the beans on your podcast right now, how they manipulated people was before going into a club, bar, lounge, where we were, they had a waiver. Right. And it was like this big outside of the club. And it said, we might be filming a macaroni and cheese commercial. So if you do enter here, you reserve your right to be on this commercial. It, it was so small. I don't think anyone going to a club, sure. you know, turned up with their friends and go, hold on, guys, let's see this real quick. Redefine print. Dude, nobody saw it. But by you walking into that venue, you gave your rights away that you can be filmed and you can be, you know, seen on national TV. Mm-hmm. So everything that you saw in the show, I wish that that first episode, and for those of you that haven't seen it, go to Apple, um, yeah, iTunes, Apple, and watch it. I think it's one of the best reality shows. It's amazing. I love that. I, I, I really thought, and I, I think here's a lesson for a lot of people. I really thought when I finished the show that the things that I was ashamed of, Jared, and the things that I was embarrassed that I did in the show, that I was going to be punished for it, reprimanded, people were going to make mm-hmm. fun of me. Oddly enough, the times that I broke down crying, the times that I were weak, the, 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 all the times that I thought, man, this is, I hope they don't, they don't put that in the final cut. That was how America loved me for all my yeah. imperfections, my flaws, the way that I looked, how quirky I was and all the things that I thought I was being cool. I'm like, dad, these girls are going to love me. These, these guys, celebrities are going to want to be my friend. They didn't like that at all. And right. so it was like a mind shift. I'm like, so what are, and this is kind of what, what I coach. What are your traumas? What are you hiding from people? Your individuality. Because usually that's the, the, the key component of who Jared is, of who Cosmo is. Like there's no other Jared on planet Earth. And I know people say that and it's corny, but if you can really embrace it, the way that you speak, the way that you look at people, 
And so, um, so going back to your question, it was 100% real. I never had a girlfriend my whole life. I lied to my grandma, my mom, my parents, my best friends that I had um, a high school prom date in Boca Raton. So those of you that don't know Florida, I'm from Miami. Boca Raton is about an hour north. So I lied to everyone. I'm like, no, I got another girl, bro, an hour north, dude. And I got another prom date. The honest truth was I didn't have the courage to walk up to any girls. Never in my life did I ever walk up to a girl and say anything my entire life. Did I get laid? Yeah, I got laid. Did, and, it, and it was only going off of my looks, right? Like I didn't do anything. It was the right. girl doing 95% of the work. And back then, every, all the stuff you were learning back then, that kind of style, that kind of tactics, what, what, what impresses me so much about you and, and seeing your transformation is all this stuff back then that you were learning and even doing on a show was all the very technical, nitty gritty the lines, the routines, the fake stories, the whatever. Yet when I, I, I've seen you coach now, I've seen you in action, I've seen what you're doing. And it is night and day from that. You know, we, um, the term I told you is like, you do like these soul reading uh, <laughs> abilities where, like you said, you're able to look at a guy, see exactly internally what's holding him back and bring it out. Like what, you know, what changed? What went from this like over the top fake technical mask, whatever, to we're going to go crazy hard, not just with what you do, but with your students getting out, you know, their raw, authentic self. Like, give, give me a breakdown of how that all came about. Two things. Number one, having somebody hold me liable. And number two, having a deadline. So it was always esoteric for me. It was always very fluffy. Like, yeah, one day I'll learn how to do that. I never had a strategy, a game plan, nothing. Um, so what the show did was how my brain shifted was I was being held liable. Mm. There was $50,000 on the line. I had about like $20 in my bank account. So that to me was like $5 billion. Yeah, that's and there was people, <laughs> there was people holding me liable. You have to go do that. The producers pushing me to go do that mystery, pushing me to go do that. Then I had a deadline. You have to go talk to that girl in 10 minutes. I've never had that before. It's right. always been very aloof and I've never emoted to anyone that I had a hard time doing it. So I think once people can have somebody holding them liable, finding a Facebook group, a mentor, a coach, and then having a deadline, I think for me, that's what changed. So once I finally talked to the first girls, which we call in the reality show back then, opening a set, right? That's what right. they call it. The first time I ever in my entire life walked up to strangers was in episode two on the show. I will never forget this moment. 22 years on this planet. I've never done this. So I walk up. Hey guys, quick question. Do you guys floss before or after you brush your teeth? <laughs> this yeah. was the opener. And as corny as that was, when I saw that they didn't take a gun out and shoot me or stab me or spit in my face, you know how, like, this is what I was thinking internally. Like, Oh my God, I can't get rejected. I saw that people weren't laughing at me. They just laughed and they were like, Oh, Hey, what's your name? And I'm like, this is what I've been scared of the whole time. Mm -hmm. like, this wasn't that hard. And just having that little, just getting my feet wet right there. That's when my universe opened up. And I was like, I've been scared of this for 22 years. So did you, keep using, did you keep using the lines after a while over there? Or did you quickly realize I can kind of go in and say anything in new structures? Like, do you still, are you st now in your game? Do you still use routines or lines? Like how, how is, how are things now when you go out meet women and, and what, how do you coach the guys that you have now? What are you telling them to do? 
So um, I did. I used lines for, very, for, for a long time, but I did it differently. Um, so here's what I did. I incorporated my actor background into social dynamics uh, a coach, right? So here's what I did. In acting, it's funny because look, I have lines right here and they're highlighted, right? right? So, so this is a really big movie that's going to be coming out. I'm auditioning for this, right? So yep. they're, the same people are reading that line. Probably they're going to see 400 actors that look like me that are going for that role. Yeah. All of us have to say the same fucking lines. Here's where I got really good and where I started to shift things, I think, in this industry was talking about in actor, in, um, actor lingo, what's your intention here? Like, what's your objective? What's your cadence? What are the obstacles stopping you from doing that? I started to apply what I learned in acting into that. So it became very free for me. I know for a lot of guys, they get stuck and they're like, I don't want to do lines. I feel like I'm not myself. But if you can just think of it as an actor and you have to make the part your own, but you have to say lines that somebody else wrote. So I was using lines for a while, but I think we, uh, what, over 80, 85% of communication is nonverbal. So it really right. doesn't matter what I was saying. It was matter, it mattered what how I was saying. How you were saying. Yeah, so how I was saying it, it. One of my success mantra at 22 is, it's not what you say, it's what you convey. It's all about what you convey. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer for using lines or not using lines. I think for people like me, I'm a very free spirit. I'm very spontaneous and I can get not focused. So what the lines do to me is it gives me a little bit of structure uh, to zoom in and to be like, okay, here's where we're going. But obviously I'm not a fucking robot or an Android. When a girl does something in a moment, I start to micro calibrate. I start to react and I'm using, I, I just say shit out of nowhere. And that's where the fun comes in. But here's the kicker here. Here's the big kicker. I think is that, People are, that have approach anxiety are stuck on inner game. I'm not good enough. She's going to reject me. What if she has mm -hmm. a husband? She's too ugly. She's not my type. All this bullshit. Second thing is, okay, I'm over that, but I don't even know what to say. Like literally, I don't know what to say. So they spend 20 minutes. What do I say? Okay, they're going by the, by the, by the parade. Okay, let's talk about the parade. Oh shit, they left. They're going by Starbucks. Okay, I'm going to talk about coffee. They spend so much time on thinking on what to say. So I think honestly- it liberated me and, and, and the cuffs came off when I didn't have to worry about what I was going to say. Mm. I know what I'm going to say when I approach a girl and within knowing what you're going to say, just like Jordan Belfort says, he has his, his system. He said he does the same shit every time when selling, but what happens, he works on his tonality, his cadence, his delivery up and down. And that's where it comes in. So for me, I think guys that are struggling with like getting in their head and not knowing what to say, I think it's kind of cool um, to, to have some things kind of planned out, to be honest with you. And look, I think my opener is probably one of the best openers on the planet. I keep Ooh. saying this to everyone. Can we share it? it? Yeah, I'll share it. I've been saying it for 13 years and I'll challenge anyone. I've never gotten rejected from it. This has never not worked. Every single time that I use it, it worked. Every time, every time that I talk huh <laughs> here we go this is amazing yeah i'm sure the guys are ready guys this is it the un unrejectable opener it, it's it's unrejectable and um let me go into just the psychology of it and then i'll literally tell everyone here so if i walk up to a homeless guy and i have ten thousand dollars in my pocket and i go man this guy's struggling and i reach out and i give this guy ten thousand dollars and the homeless guy goes go fuck yourself would i feel rejected in that moment if i walked up to a homeless guy 
that has nothing with $10,000 and he said, go fuck yourself. I would not, I don't think anybody would, we'd be like, Oh, okay, bro. Cool. Right. Right. But where that feeling of rejection comes in is where you start to ask for things. Hey, can I borrow your car? Hey, what's your name? You start asking and sucking value from right. people. That's when you can get rejected. So the theory behind my opener, especially when the law of attraction came out and mm-hmm. it started to be really cool to talk about positive vibes and be all positive. <laughs> and yep. it, it was the coolest thing on planet earth when the law of attraction came out. I experimented on this opener. I think I was with mystery. I think we were in London, somewhere in Europe and, I was like, let me try this out. So I walked up. This is the first time I came up with the opener. So I walk up and I'm like, hey, guys, uh, real quick. Um, I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. It seems like you guys have good energy. I'm Cosmo. I just wanted to say that. And I kind of like started to walk away after I said it. And they're like, oh, oh, my God, thank you. And, you know, they would pull me back in. And I'm like, OK, so let me field test that again. But let me see something a little different. I'm going to wait till this other pickup artist coach, which I will not mention his name, very big company. Um, They would go, they would go out. And so I'm like, let me see. So they would get blown out. The girls just look like very mean girls. Right. Or or do they? Cause boom, they would walk up and I'm looking at them like, all right, I'm going to approach like in three minutes. They were just get out of here. And this guy was a coach making a lot of money. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to try it in three minutes, bro. I walk up. Hey guys, real quick. I just want to come over and introduce myself. It seems like you have good energy. I'm Cosmo. It's up. And bro, it opened up Amazing. within two minutes, an expert dating coach that got blown out and these girls were being labeled as bitches. I came up and it opened and I've been doing it for so many years and it always works. And the best story I can give is I was at Venice. One of my best friends is ex Mr. Olympia, Brian Miles Ansley, one of my best friends. So at Venice Muscle Beach, a bunch of guys, all huge. And I approach a girl. I do the same thing. Hey, real quick. Just want to come over, introduce myself. Seems like you have good energy. I'm Cosmo. And I start talking to her and her husband comes from behind me, yoked, like big traps on traps on traps on traps. And, and here's where a lot of guys would have fumbled. And here's where a lot of guys would have got nervous, but I knew I felt good in my heart that I approached and just said, Hey, you have good energy. I'm Cosmo. I'm just, you know, walking around business. We just want to say that. And we started the interaction like that. I didn't start the interaction with like, Hey baby, what's your name? I'm Veronica. Oh, nice to meet you. I didn't start it like that. So as soon as her husband came, um, he came and I felt that. And I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong. This is what's genius in my opinion about my opener, right? And so he came, he's like, hey, what's up? And the wife almost accomplished and showed me. Like she made me look good. She said, oh, hey, babe, this is Cosmo. He walked up and I just stood there. Didn't do anything. I'm like, hey, brother, how are you, Cosmo? I put him at a stalemate because he, he couldn't do anything. Literally, he was like, yo, this guy's mad cool. Like, he came up. He's, I, I feel good. Like, I don't he know. He wants nothing does. from me. I feel great for it. So there's no taking. That reminds me of, of, of an opener I came up with when for couples. So, like, sometimes you'd see a girl with a guy or a girl with two guys. And you're like, I don't know if one of those are boyfriends. There's a lot of fear and a pro, of anxiety going up to that because you're like, I, I don't want the boyfriend to be like, yo, you're talking about girl or whatever. And one of the finally it dawned on me and I, and I've used it to this day and I'll share it with the guys listening is I'll just go up and be like, by the way, look, I just had to say you two look like an amazing couple. I just, I just wanted to let you guys know you guys look amazing as a couple. And just so you know, there is a church down the street. If you guys want to get married, I'm just saying it's right down there. So you crack this joke to look like a couple. And if they are, and they are together, they laugh, they say, thank you. They're going, you're awesome. If they're not, they laugh and they quickly go, oh, no, no, we're just friends. Say, so I get the logistics very, very quickly. 
And that was a game changer. But at its essence, it's exactly what you're saying. It's too many guys, I think, in pickup culture in that mindset, the, the, the pickup community or mindset, it's not even a community anymore, but the pickup culture is value taking by its very nature, by its very essence. They want to go in, they want to use trickery, take a girl, bring them back. You know, it's take sex, take validation, take a number, take whatever, versus even a lot of the students I talk to, you know, the questions are, how do I get this, get this, get this? When the answer is very simple, it's give, create desire, and then she is going to want to do all those things and, and be with you and get with you and, and whatnot. Nobody, nobody hates when people give value to them, um, which goes against, though, a lot of age-old you know, advice. Like, I remember back in the day, like, back, way, way, way back, it was a whole, like, never compliment. You can never go in with a compliment. Which, if you're complimenting a girl on her tits, it's being like, wow, you're really pretty or beautiful. I agree with you. I, because that's for different reasons. But, like, there's a lot of stuff that got taken a little too far, I believe. Yeah, I love what you just said. And I think going back to what you're saying, where if you, I mean, if, it, if it's a good thing or a bad thing to use lines, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing if you approach it in this way. So piggybacking off what you're saying, the mindset should be and a skill set to give value, to give. But some guys actually don't even know how to give value. Some guys don't even know what good is in their life right now. Some guys don't know what to talk about other than negativity and, right. and, and they're behind on rent and, it's, and I just got out of a divorce. And so I think where the lines come in and structure comes in and having some kind of stories already uh, memorized is that you can, you, you can already focus by yourself, do the work and be like, okay, every time Cosmo talks about my dog's right there, but every time I talk about my dog Rambo, I know that I elicit empathy every single time I become like an empathetic person. There's like yeah. empathy there. And so I know that, right? So why not do the homework when I'm by myself? I'm like, oh, here's a cool story about Rambo. Um, and then I start to develop it from there. So I'm just not skydiving when I'm approaching women. I, I have a structure, but I have to make sure that going back up what you're saying, that I'm not getting, I'm more giving value. So the story has to surround some kind of a laughter. Um, there has to be empathy there. There has to be a feeling of sure. like uh, protecting this nurturing vibe that this guy has. Like, these are the things that I focus on. And, th and that's why I think that for guys, it's not really a bad idea, but I feel so torn and saying that right now because of where I came from. I mean, that th th my, the reality show I did was the first show to really expose, like, to really expose in Africa, you know, South America. Like, this yeah. is, like, worldwide. People are like, right. what the fuck is this? There's people that do this shit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I got so much hate mail as well, too, from people that were in the community back then. They are like, I can't believe you did that. You exposed their secrets. I'm like, fuck you, you know, like get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like my, jo my job on that show was to empower and inspire people. And, and anytime that I find something good in my life, I want to share it with people. If you know how to make more money or found a solution for cancer or that, and you hold it to yourself, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now I've seen you coach before, you know, some, you know, some of these guys, and in literally just one session, they are opening up. They they start crying in that moment. You're able to like do your do your soul read magic voodoo that you do and get it and and, <laughs> and get it get it out of them and open it up. Um, tell me what kind of results? What, what what kind of stuff have you seen? Like like this is a powerful shit that I've seen again and again. Like the transformation, of this stuff. What is going on there? What are you doing in those moments? 
uh, that that is making these kind of crazy breakthroughs for the student to either release trauma or to start taking action when before he had the biggest mental block ever. Like, guide, guide us through that and, and the listeners here. Yeah, so I mean, it started off of a theory back in the days that I think Mystery invented it. I, I, you might know better than, than me on this, but a cold read, right? Who invented that? A cold, uh, psychics. This wasn't even a community thing. It was, it was picked up by what sham psychics do when you go into it. And, and there is actually books written on cold reading way before the community ever came up. Got it. So I, I never knew about that. I learned that on the show uh, yeah. from Mystery. And I thought it was a very useful tool for not asking a question or making a statement. So you're not getting things, you're giving things. So very clear example. Instead of a guy going, hey, where are you from? You, ju you just go, you seem like you're from the East Coast. You have that vibe. Right. So just that little technique right there started to get my brain wandering, right? Like mm -hmm. every time I use cold reads, uh, and I, I did it last night. <laughs> I did it last night, really did. Um, and it was like, when you do a cold read, like you seem like you're an artist. The girl's like, oh no, I do real estate. It's not about getting the cold read right or wrong. You're trying to gauge where they're at. You're trying to gauge who they are. And if somebody had walked up to me and started to engage in me, and then they would have been like, you seem like you're very technical. Like you're like a, like into computers. Now, you know me, Jared, I fucking hate computers. Yep. Everything about computers stresses me out. Yep. So by the fact that this person would do cold read on me, I don't care if they get it right or wrong. Guess what's coming out of my mouth, brother. Oh my God. I couldn't be more further from that. I hate computers. And I also, and also intrigue. Why did you think that? Why did, what, what made you say that? So there's it by very nature, it's intriguing. Exactly. So a lot of people get caught up on like, you have to really guess where the where, like the right answer but you don't and to be honest with you when i do my cold reads and i'm like hey you guys seem like um you're out here celebrating a birthday whatever i, I kind of want to get it wrong because that's what ends up happening the girl ends up going that i call it the tarantino effect right okay. the girl ends up going why what's behind door number one like why did you ask me that and so then what i end up doing in these conversations is i don't tell her there Hmm. I hold on to it a little bit and then I'll let her know. And the reason why I call it a Tarantino effect is because he's really good at doing an acting scene and he'll present a box like a gift and he won't tell anyone. He'll put the gift right here and he'll have two characters talking. So me, you, a bunch of girls were at movie theater, Jared, and we're like, what's in the fucking box, bro? Yep. Like, we're just like, open up the box. It's the itch you got to scratch. 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. For 15 minutes, Tarantino has us like this. We're like, bro, what's in a box? At the end of the script, I mean, at the end of the scene, the guy pulls out a gun in a box, boom, shoots the guy. Mm. I love doing that, right? I love to like have the guy hooked or have the girl hooked. So I started to develop that in my cold reads. I'm like, man, people really, they really love to be, um, they, people want to be exposed, Jared. People really do want to be seen. Be they seen. I think have, that's they it. They want to be seen. They want to be like, you get me. You're like, I always have this facade. I always have this image. I always have this whatever. But behind it, you see me. And then I think from that, maybe now they, they, they trust because you see the real me. So now that trust comes in where, all right, where do I go? Where do I go from here now that you see the real and, me? And, and what's kind of genius about it, whoever invented it, um, I'm a big fan of not knowing why or how electricity works. I'm the type of motherfucker that just uses it. I don't need to know the evolution of anything. Right, I just, right. I just like to use it. So what I think the, the cold read of genius is what you said, whatever I say builds intrigue. If I'm right, they go, what am I giving off that he could, that he could say that if I'm wrong, they go, 
what am I giving off that he thought that I was a computer nerd? Either way, you you win because they want to connect, man. People want to be seen. Hey, look, I'm here. And so I started to go a little bit deeper with the cold reads. I'm like, hey, um, whoever is the most gangster student right now, I want you to come on a podium. This is when back in the days we had like 100, 200 people, me, Mystery Matador. Like there's a lot of people. So I mm-hmm. called one or two guys out and I started to get really good at it. I'm like, this is going to be very exposing. And not a lot of you will not want to punch me in the face. Like if, if this is going well, you're going to want to punch me in the mouth because you're breaking through so much trauma and fear that you're going to want to resist. There's no way that you're going to get through a soul read with me and feel comfortable. There's nothing about this that, that feels comfortable. So how I start the soul reads is um, I actually start with attacking your subconscious mind, which is something that I'm obsessed with more than having sex with women or picking up women or making social circle or anything subconscious for me is what makes Cosmo the most happiest person ever. And I think maybe in 300 years from now, or even more, when we really learn how the brain works, like literally like what is back there because the subconscious mind is so powerful that we don't have no idea. And in moments where Jared, you've been great where Cosmo, I've been great is because we've been able to tap into our subconscious and a little bit, oh, and then we get out. You know, it's like when you're coaching, Jared, and then you get lost. It's like you just literally tapped into like your subconscious and you're like, Jared, that was great. And a part of you is like, what did I just say right now? Like, that's like the best feeling. (laughs) Yeah, like that subconscious feeling. So the soul reads have a lot to do with that. It's kind of like, um, so I'll, I'll get very nerdy right now. The first thing that you have to do to be to do this soul read is you have to be able to call yourself out. It's very high emotional intelligence. High Actually, the first thing you have to do is call Cosmo, and then he could he could soul read for you. <laughs> first thing you got to do is call Cosmo. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if you approach it like I'm better than you, or I'm smarter than you, or I'm going to change your life, they, I the last 13, 14 years, I see that it doesn't work they kind of shut down because they've, I feel like they look at me like a cop or like a school teacher. But when I walk down and I start my soul read, the first person I call out is not them, is me. Yeah. And by calling myself out, I open the floodgates to their devils, their demons, their traumas, their ugly mud. And I open up by going, I love my traumas. I love my demons, no matter if you're Tony Robbins, Obama, Trump, I don't give a fuck who you are. We all got demons. No matter how good you think you are, we all got demons. We all got traumas. We're nobody's perfect on this planet. We like to think we are. So when I start like that, it really throws people off. I'm like, hey, look, in the Arizona boot camp, where I, I think I that was the first boot camp we kind of collabed on, right? Yep, I, yep. I went, well, I just went there to, yeah. So I started by talking to your guys in short shorts beach shorts like i probably look gay to them i had a tank top and a mimosa and like they're like oh i'm and nobody knew me from the show if they knew me from the show i would get some kind of credibility nobody saw the show (laughs) yeah they're like literally who is this guy so i sat down and i picked up that energy the judgmental energy from gore from zach from this that judgmental like who the fuck are you we don't know you so the quickest way to break that is start to expose and emote on what what's wrong with you. So I literally started that talk by going, man, 
I'm so proud of myself, man. People like me don't make it out the hood. Like people like me don't make it to things like this. Like yep. I, I have to thank my mom because my mom caused me so much trauma. My mom is like one of the worst moms, to be honest, on planet earth. Like she's caused me so much pain, but I wrote a movie about it, Counterpunch, and I, so much great things have came out of it. But if anyone here has ever been hurt by anyone, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, I probably have the most, like the dirtiest past. And, and I'm like really proud of a lot of my accomplishments I've had mm-hmm. considering my past. My dad being, you know, a big Colombian cocaine drug dealer from my mom getting into fights in front of me. And I start talking about myself, Jared, and where my soul reads starts to happen is I start to see what they're doing. Okay. He starts scratching there. Okay, Gord. And that's when I start to read. And when I emote and expose about myself is when I'm picking up everything from what the other person is doing. Once you, once you pick it up, you see them, you, you do your coaching with them, your soul reading with them, your work um, that I've I've seen you do, which is, is, again, it's absolutely insane. What kind of results do you see these guys get afterwards? When once they've gone through that with you, once they've opened up, whatever, like what typically happens the next day or a week later or whatever? Like, what have you personally seen in your own students? Yeah, great question. It's never, hey, bro, I just got laid last night. Thanks for the soul read, homie. Yo, mm-hmm. I just got a threesome, homie. Um, it's not really what's about. Usually the results are. I've had no idea, Cosmo, that I've been anxious every day for the last 10 years of my life. Wow. And this morning, I literally woke up on not survival mode, but like living mode. Holy oh, shit. After 10, after 10 years. The thing is because wow. they're so conditioned that they think that this is life. It's just survival mode, survival. So after the soul raise, what happens is it almost feels like so much baggage is ripped from you. Like you're kind of just like out. And you take a breath and you're like, what have I been doing with my life for like five, 10, 15 years? Like, what the fuck's going on? So a lot of that, they'll, I, a lot of the common things are like, bro, I woke up this morning and I've never felt like this before. Like, um, what have I been doing with my life this whole time? Yeah. But what, and, and, and you know, maybe we're supposed to be, maybe I'm supposed to be selling right now, but I, I'm just going to be honest. It's not comfortable because when you grow and you're evolving, you know what you end up feeling? Resistance, fear, paranoia. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. What's happening to me? Anytime that there's a shift in your life, you start to backpedal. So when I do the soul read, they're, they're coming off of this crazy high. And then comes the doubts. Then comes the, oh, no, 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 no. You fucked me up, this and that. And for like about a day or two days, it lingers. And then about like three days later, they usually have mended their relationship with their parents have talked to their alpha uncle that's been picking on them on how it bothers that they're doing them. Like they just flesh out things that have been going on internally in their life. It's these soul reads are never about going out tonight and getting laid or going out and getting a wife. It's more about like when you meet your perfect woman or when you meet the perfect four guy friends that will have your back for life, that social circle, you need to be level 10. Stop worrying about getting a level 10 girl and worry about you leveling up before you find Somebody that's that high I mean, value. I, I 100% think if you are a guy who, who after 10 years of feeling anxiety and anxious and clenched and tense, and all of a sudden, after just a couple sessions, you now feel you, that weight is off your shoulders. You're feeling more positive. You are noticing your worth. You're having uh, better relationships with the people around your life. 
I 100% see how that translates into going into dating or meeting women or being around your social circle and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I but obviously, I think like, what you, I think the point you're trying to make here is the real, real benefit of all this goes far beyond simply just trying to get laid and all that shit. Uh, but absolutely being a kind of guy who is really for maybe for the first time ever, knowing your worth, appreciating yourself, loving yourself, uh, letting go of, ten, like you said, 10 years of tension, that 100% is going to have a giant impact in your social abilities. And you brought up some before, you know, um, I, we have a couple of minutes left. I, I do want to hit on this about, you know, your social circles and, you know, more, it's more with, I know with you, it's more than just going up and meeting women and dating. It is about a lifestyle. It is about building up a social circle. And more than anyone, you rub elbows with some of the greats of some celebrities. We're talking Dan Bilzerian. Uh, we're talking uh, Ros Rosario, what, the girl. Rosario Dawson. Rosario <laughs> Dawson. I mean, I mean, we're talking about like a list. Everybody knows these people. You are in some of the top of the line social circles. What is that like? Give, give, give me a breakdown of what it's like navigating those kind of social circles. You can't offer them money. You can't tell me how bottle service. You can't be like, my friend Jared's going to pick me up in his Ferrari. There's so many things that are limited that because what usually would work with other people, they're so unimpressed by it. Like mm -hmm. they're just like, bro, we've seen it all. We've done it all. Even working with Dan, I think Dan Bilzerian told me he, I'm the only dating coach he's ever hired. I worked with him for eight months. And I think the only way that I got to anchor onto him was that he can see my transformation on TV. So I think the biggest word here and, and how I can align myself with these high value people is literally just being the most empathetic person. And so like them seeing your heart as quick as, as quick as they can, it, it, it's, it's a huge um, disarming thing for them when somebody can come so open-hearted and create um, this level of empathy it's, it's pretty badass um, but more than that I think the biggest element is that it's I, I hate that I'm going to say this because it sounds so corny dude I wish I had a better answer honestly it's it's enthusiasm it, it really is it comes down to enthusiasm um, and, and, the uh, A-listers that I know, a lot of famous people that I know, they, I get feedback. I'm like, yo, what is it? What? Like, I don't ask them why they're hanging out with me, but it's a common feedback and it's my enthusiasm, my passion. No matter if sometimes they, they, people might be like, Cosmo might be too high energy or man, if I'm feeling kind of depressed, don't go around Cosmo because he's too much. I'm not going to bend towards anyone. Like I'm coming in with nothing but love, enthusiasm. And I think that's really hard to fake and i think okay. you can't learn that in books mm. so i think that's why it's hard that a lot of people don't do that is that that um that enthusiastic quality so the best example i can give is i had a gas guy come to my house because my in my old house the gas was leaking and here's a guy that works for the city i just finished partying with a bunch of high value people celebrities the night before and this guy walked into my house more confident than all the celebrities I met last night, wow. more passionate, more enthusiastic. He's probably making 20 bucks an hour, probably not making a lot of money and, and, and all this stuff, but the enthusiasm and the passion that he had when he walked into my house, he literally thought he was saving my life because the gas could have killed me. 
And he walked in and charged and with purpose. Hey, young man, what's your name? Alvaro, let's get this figure. And just that enthusiasm got me enthusiastic. I'm like, yeah, I want to be a gas man. I want <laughs> I want this job. And, and then I like, he left and I got his number. I'm like, you have a Facebook? And he left and I'm like, holy shit, this guy just gave me. Like he yeah. totally gave me. And I just fed off of that enthusiasm. I got blinded. I totally got blinded and wanted to hang out with him. And so I think that's that kind of quality, just being very enthusiastic, never gossiping and never judging people. I've lost, uh, see, I don't want to even do that right now, but I know that if you begin to gossip and start to judge other people, then the high value people really don't like to be around you because then they feel at some point that you're going to do it to them because these high value people, these celebrities are so paranoid. And they don't even know that if you're, if you're talking to them, you might be recording them. They're so paranoid that they have this level 10 paranoia. So I think gossiping is a big one not to do. Right. And don't cause drama in, in the circles. Don't like just, I can say it, just being positive, being enthusiastic and letting people know fakeness, that vulnerability. I think people really respond to it because everybody tries to act cool. It's the people who yeah. can be like really real and, and, uh, and vulnerable. I think that's an amazing quality that a lot of, especially guys have a hard time with the whole, you know, having their egos and whatnot. So, and, and, uh, but let, let me just say one more thing there. Sure. And with you just nailed something. I just had an epiphany right now. I've never used a line with a multi-billionaire millionaire or celebrity or NFL MMA guys that I coach. I've never used a line to meet them. I've never, I haven't realized until just right now. Mm -hmm. I've always had to literally be in the moment and do something massively organic for that interaction to open up because their senses are so heightened and they're so aware of everything. The average human being gets approached at a very little amount, like right. per year celebrities. I think it's like times a hundred. So it's like, they're living like 20 lifetimes in their lifetime. Okay. So it's always been an ability to emote when meeting a multi, 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 multi-millionaire it's like, hey, man, just literally been standing over there wondering for the last 10 minutes how you have so many girls. Like, I never planned a line. I just say what's in my heart, and they'll kind of look at me like, where are you from? Like, Miami. A lot of people think I'm Italian. And I just really start kind of speaking from the heart. But yeah. so I will contradict myself in saying that if the person is extremely, like, famous and ha it's really hard for you, you to get a, a line that's memorized working for them because they're just so intuitive. They know. They, they can smell it on you. Yeah. All right. So for the, all the guys out there who want that incredible inner transformation fix, you know, to release 10 years of anxiety for all the guys out there who want to learn how to network with elite level, high status guys, celebrities, whatever. Um, how can they get in touch with you? How can they learn more about you? I think it's time. Maybe we, we drop the bombshell. Yeah. Let's drop the bombshell. <laughs> how, how are they going to find you Cosmo? How do they do this? So basically, um, yeah, I, I, before giving my Instagram or my Facebook, it's really simple. I think so many people in this industry are really good marketers and they're not really helping people. So we met, I think less than a year ago, I went to Florida, yep. I met, I came in your house, met the girl, your dog, all that cool stuff. And you have one of the most genuine vibes. Uh, you weren't trying to act cool. You weren't trying to act nerdy. You weren't trying to do anything. You were just being. And it was really refreshing. And it was to me, um, um, just like, man, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, 
you're having so much pressure on you on changing people's lives. And if you're a really good marketer, but you're getting people to get be even more depressed or confused. And I think a lot of the communities like that, I don't associate myself with any of them. Yep. And so when I met you, um, for I've, I've never worked with anyone else. And so officially, um, I have joined Modern Flirting Woo! with Jared. <laughs> Senior and, coach, top coach here, Modern Flirting. We have the legendary Cosmo. He is here. And I couldn't be, and I couldn't be more excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying modern flirting, and and we have big plans. And I definitely am not taking this uh, lightheartedly. What I do, I'm one of the most competitive people, and my competitive spirit is wanting to help other people. And when I know that I'm aligning myself with someone who has that, I think we can do a lot of powerful things. All right, and we got your first uh, official modern boot camp this weekend in you know Vegas. It, it'll probably be passed when you know you guys are listening to it now. But so, so excited to be growing it. And the reason I brought Cosmo on was because he really did hit the top three criteria I look for in a coach. Number one, exactly what you said. I met you. You're authentic. You're fun to be with. I got along with you. I'm like, okay, this is a guy who's I can I feel comfortable bringing to my social circle. Number two, he's fucking good. I've seen him coach. I've seen his advice. I've seen his skills. He's Cosmo is top, 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 top notch. And number three, he cares. He literally like, which is sad that that's like a thing in this industry that that has to be like a rare quality. Yeah. It's really sad. That's the thing, but it, it is. And I saw it immediately Cosmo cares about every single student who comes in. So if you're interested in, in learning more from him, from me, from everybody here, modern flirting, you can literally join the program. You're going to see me in there. You're going to see Cosmo in there. Uh, if they do, though, want to reach out to you directly one-on-one, I mean, let's let's hit them with the social media. So my Instagram is Coach Cosmo underscore new. So N-E-W. So Co Coach Cosmo with a, with a K. K. Yeah. Yeah. K, Coach, and then Cosmo with a K underscore new. And then my Facebook is Cosmo, K-O-S-M-O. And we're going to change the last word. The last word is <laughs> P-U-A because I haven't updated that in a while. We're going to change um, that. <laughs> And so, so that's, that's my Facebook and my Instagram. And then, yeah, you can find me in Modern Flirting. And, and the group, the Facebook group. If you guys are not in the Modern Flirting uh, dating advice for, you know, professional businessmen group, then you guys are severely missing out. You're going to see stuff from me. You're going to see stuff from uh, Cosmo. And that shit's free. That is all free there. So definitely come in, check us out, drop your questions. Uh, shoot, I know he you know, I shoot Cosmo some questions. I know he loves helping as many people as possible. And dude, thanks for, you know, being on the show, man. It's so great to have you part of the family here. Yeah. And I would say that if you, if anybody here in this podcast, if you're even thinking about it, or if you're contemplating whether you have problems with women or you have social anxiety, I would just offer this to you and just very, very uh, simple advice. Um, if you can just like close your eyes right now and then think of what do you think is going to change in your life right now, just go on a time machine and go 15 years later from now and you go on a time machine, what do you think is going to change in your life if you take no action? Let's say you keep yeah. doing the same things over, get on that fucking time machine, go 15 years from now. Because if you do that and investigate that for 15 minutes, okay, 
I'm 36 right now. So 47, whatever, 55, 53. And I really take myself there. It's a scary place. And when you get to a scary place, you know what you start to do? You start to take immediate fucking action because you don't want to live with regret. And right now, Jared's Modern Flirty Facebook group is free. I've seen it. It's interactive. I'm on it. It's there's there's you don't have to do anything. And then if you like what we do, then you join the group. But I think it's like just a no brainer, man. Yeah. And the program we're showing wins every single day with our guys. Once you're in the program, it's insane how much stuff I've seen on your calls, like we said. But uh, thank you, Cosmo. Again, it was amazing, amazing having you here. So glad to have you officially as the new top instructor here at Modern Flirting. Uh, dude, thanks for being here. All right, brother. Take care, man.